Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Before I get too into this, this has been such a crazy week, um, and I've just recalled that I'm missing some props that I needed for today, so we're going to have a little bit of audience participation. Um, does anybody have one of those, you, you see these, with I, some, somebody, one of the guys in this room has to have one of those keychains. That has like the 50 feet of rope on it or whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody know? have one of those? Do you, does anybody have one of those on them? With something like that. Do you have one of those on you for real? Like a, like a rope type of thing? Okay, this is, this is about what I was looking for. Okay, just know we've got, we've got this. So, okay, this will work. This is. When you have a busy week, you have to impromptu come up with your props. Does anybody have a string? Some kind of a some loose string from their garment? <laughs> Anyone have something from their sweater that need been needing to be snagged off of there and we could cut it? You think there's some sort of door prize to this, but if you if someone has a, a it doesn't have to be, it'd be any sort of length. Any kind of string will work. Up. Look at this. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yes, that's perfect. Pass that along up here. I know. This is like... That is perfect. This is going to totally work out. Okay. There you go. Lord always makes a way. Like the color? Perfect. Perfect. Uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, um, let's, let's start and um, let's see here. How about this? Verse 9. This is a pretty popular passage of scripture. It says, two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so I talk about this passage a little bit today, and um, if you've been to a wedding anytime uh, in the last few decades, they, they use this verse, they use this passage a lot. I think it's probably number two, I guess, from the weddings that I've gone to or, or preached. I'd say like 1 Corinthians 13 is your number one wedding passage, and this one's coming up. It's, it's trending Bible verses at weddings here lately, <laughs> is this idea of this triple braided cord. And so I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not going to talk about it so much entirely in the context of marriage but um so this is kind of what i've what i've noticed is that i like that that it uses the the phrasing of strings and ropes because i found that like this single strand here is you i mean and and it's pretty it's a nice color and um you know 
no matter what you do as the single strand, you're never going to be very strong. And a lot of people don't want to tell you that, but I'm going to be very honest to tell you that as a single strand, you're, you're weak. And no matter what you do, um, you can, um, you know, like get a degree and like do your hair and, you know, do all of these things to try to make it to where you're better. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's actually not going to make you much stronger because even at your strongest, you're still weak. And a lot of people won't tell you that, but I am just telling you that's the absolute fact of it. Okay, it doesn't matter if you have a doctorate's degree, it will still hurt you if you lose your mama. It doesn't matter um, if, if you have the best hair or rock hard abs or make $100,000 a year. Um, there are still so many things in this world that will break you. There are no unbreakable people. Okay, no matter what you do, no matter what kind of face that you put on, even at your, song, your strongest, you're still going to be... Um, just a, a simple thread. It's kind of like polishing or painting a vase, right? We can make it look pretty and fancy, but there's almost nothing we can do to the vase that could actually make it stronger. Do you know what I mean? And so, and maybe, maybe you get a friend or a family member or a spouse that can help you or love you, and, and that could help some. So like, here, I, I kind of got enough string here, that maybe you get another person in your life, and now you are stronger. It's just, Two offer better than one. You guys have always heard the expression, like two heads are better than one, right? And even, even just at this, just two people being together, you're already stronger, right? Better, more than, than you were as one. But um, the thing about it is, is that not everybody that we spend our lives with, we're actually intertwined with, okay? Do you get this? So like for most of the people in your life, you're probably living about like this, and it's sad to say that this is honestly probably a really good depiction of most of our marriages too. Is it's actually just two single strands living near each other. Right? And so these two single strands living near each other, they don't actually help one another. Matter of fact, they probably hurt one another. Because whenever one is going through one thing, the other has to as well. But neither is able to help each other or provide any strength or support. Do you see what I mean? Because the two aren't intertwined. Okay, and so when Ecclesiastes chapter 4 is talking about how two are better off than one, and it says, yay, a triple braided cord is even better, it's not talking about simply being around people. You guys ever been around a lot of people yet still felt totally alone? Yeah. Being around people will not suffice. What, what the type of thing that Solomon's talking about in Ecclesiastes is that when we can actually be in a relationship with people, and we could be intertwined with them, that that would actually create strength. Right? Strength that we can't create alone, that no degree can, or no, no level of stature or finances, no tax bracket, that only in communion, true relationship with someone else, not just anyone else, but someone else going the same direction of you, that that could actually create strength. And that's why this is such a popular passage to talk about at weddings, is because if they become truly unified, then they, be able, they will be able to withstand some of the many things that are going to come their way, right? Um... But um, look at Matthew, I'm going to wear this. Look at Matthew 19. This is, uh, sounds like I'm talking about relationships and I am, but I'm going to go, I'm going to turn a little bit. Just kind of hang with me for a second. But in Matthew chapter 19, this is another, another marriage passage, but in Matthew 19, let's start with five. It says, and he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother, right? So, uh, Ideally, 
we should not spend very much of our life, if any of our life, like this. Do you know that? I know we live in this fallen, broken world, and so many of us have gone through divorces, or our parents' divorces, or all this stuff have happened to us, and we've spent a lot of our life like this. But the truth of it is that you should never spend one moment of your life like this. Because even, it says, as a man leaves his father and mother. Well, what does it look like when a man is with his father and his mother? He's entangled, right? He's intertwined in them. He has their strength of his father and his mother. A daughter, young girls have the strength of their father and mother. And ideally, biblically, Matthew 19 says that we should go directly from this being of, of braided together with our family and then go and braid together with our husband or our wife or cleave with them, become one with them. That's what the Bible tells us in verse 6. It says, since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. And that's the thing about why um, so many marriages fail is because, you know, they started like this, okay? And then they went to this. And then it was broken apart. And it's like, it, was, it wasn't even very hard to break it apart because it wasn't ever really together. You know what I'm saying? But when we could get into communion with, with our husbands, with our wives, as children can with their parents, as we can with the church, and we do life together, we become intertwined, and we actually become strong enough that, that we become very difficult to break. But, um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, which was, of course, written by Solomon, who also wrote the book of Proverbs, we know Solomon's one of the wisest men to ever walk the face of the earth. It's like uh, Jesus, Jesse Flanders, uh, Solomon. Um, that's, that's, that's my order, anyway. And, and, and like, he, he's known for his great wisdom. And so at the end of this passage, it's pretty profound in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, because he's talking about two and two and how much stronger we can be together if we stand with our backs uh, facing each other. Maybe one of us have to sleep with our faces in the mud. No, that was forced up to say that. Um, <laughs> subtle reference. <laughs> and so, but that's what he's talking about, right? It's, it's better, we're better together, right? And you know, it is better, it's better when we're together. But not just anybody. You've got to be going the same direction. Right? If you're with someone that's going the opposite, opposite direction of you, that's just not going to work out very well, right? If you're picking up a hitchhiker and you're going north and, they, and you say, where are you going? And they say south. You better just pass right on by them. Right? Because you're not going to help them and they're not going to help you. So when you meet people in this life too, it's okay to be around them. It's okay to love them. It's okay to care for them. But you better be real careful who you let in your car. You better be real careful who you intertwine with. Okay? That's reserved only for people going to the same destination as you. Okay, because it won't, if you're with people that aren't going to intertwine with you, then what they'll actually do is break you, and they'll pull you apart. And so, that is what Solomon's talking about, but at the end of that passage, he says, but three are even better. He said, two is good. Two will help you. It absolutely will. But three is even better. And what's he talking about? He's talking about God. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's not just talking about anybody. He's not talking about like husband and wives, get yourself a really good friend, like neighbor, and invite him over for dinner often. And no, It's saying, two's good, but we really need three. We really need to be, if we actually want to be strong enough to withstand some of the difficulties and the uncertainties of this life, he's like, two, you can get around. Two, you can maybe face some tight squeezes or maybe be a little late on your rent with. But if you want to actually go through some of the hell that there is on earth, then you're going to need God. You're going to need the strength of the three, which is the triple braided cord that you 
and God could come together and be intertwined. Or that you and your spouse and God could be intertwined. And that is when you can actually become this unbreakable object. And it's because, and I'm not really talking about it as much as marriage as it sounds like, because what I'm talking about is when you become entangled with Jesus, you become unbreakable, husband or wife or not. Okay, because when I'm with Jesus and I'm intertwined with him, what did Matthew 19 says? We become one. So if I become one with Jesus, how could I be broken? Is, will he break? So if I'm intertwined with him, how could I? Right? And so look at, look at this is the passage that we planted this church on in John 15. I'm going to go there really fast. But look at John 15, verse 5. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who remain in me, intertwined with me, braided with me, and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you're a single strand. You're a thread. And anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away, is broken, is crushed like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are, are gathered into a pile to be burned. And so, again, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus with us, there's nothing we can do. I have met, some, so I have met people who had million-dollar homes. They drove Ferraris. And I've watched them break just as easily as the homeless people on the street. Because that doesn't add any sort of real strength or support to your life. It doesn't matter if, if they're married to a Victoria's Secret model or, or that they're married to, to a billionaire playboy. That doesn't matter. That will not add strength to your life. Because even at your strongest, this is still you. You're still weak. And there's, there's no escaping that. But... When I abide in Him, and He abides in me, the Word of God says, we can do anything. We can do anything. Absolutely anything. Nothing will come against us. Nothing will hurt us. Nothing will break us. We draw from God's strengths when, when we're in God. Right? We become one together. Look at John chapter 17. Look at, um, how about 22? I have given them the glory, John 17, 22. I have given them the glory you gave me. Jesus talking to God here. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That they may be unified with me. That they may be one with me. So that the world will know that they're different. When we're unified with Christ. When we become one with Him. Truly one. And we're this braided cord with Jesus. We're different. And that's how the world knows that we're different. Is because we're walking around stronger than other people, able to go through worse things. A lot of times people will say things like, you know, I've been following Jesus and life has been so much worse for me or things have been so much more difficult or they wish for good or more pleasant times to come. But what I've found is the more difficult of things that I go from go through, the greater the testimony I acquire because I was strong enough to go through them and most people wouldn't. 
And so if you go through difficult seasons and bad situations and all this, but you're still standing and your marriage is still afloat or you're still going to church every Sunday, your finances are broken, but you're still giving, all these things are still happening. People look at you and they go, what in the world? What is wrong with you? That person is so strong. And you go, no, not me. But greater is the one who's in me than the one who's in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm binded together with Christ. And all the strength that you see in me is actually just because I'm in Him. And if I wasn't in Him, I'd be just as weak as you. Maybe weaker. Right? And that's what people have to see in us is that, that communion, that relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. Because when we're, bro- when we're braided, when we're yoked together like ox, you know, we're connected. We, we're not two anymore. We're one. And so that's why, that's why we have His strength. Is because we're, we're one and together. It's sort of like when you get married, you know? It's like, if you get married, you become one with that person. What was, now, what was theirs is now yours. And what was yours is now theirs. So when I marry Christ, His strength becomes mine and my burdens become His. Right? There's this communion that we have together where there's no separation anymore. It's not my burdens. It's not my stresses, my worries, my failures, my sins. They're ours. Right? It's not His grace, His love, His mercy. His, it's not His Holy Spirit. It's not His ability to raise the dead. It's mine. We become one together. We draw from each other when we're in communion. Right? It's like when you get married, it's the same way. It's not like no longer you don't have His stuff and her stuff. You have your stuff. Y'all stuff. Right? You have y'all, you and stuff. Whatever, you know? It's, 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 it's one. Because you're braided and you're binded. And so sometimes so much of the difficulties that I see in people's lives, if I could categorize it just as simply as possible, I look at their life and this is what their relationship with Jesus looks like. It looks a little strange. That's, oh, what's going on over here? I told you it's very complicated, their relationship with Jesus. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. That's what it looks like. Two single strands near each other. Right? This is them. And they go, oh, I don't know, I'm just so burdened, I'm so stressed, everything's going on with me, and I, I can't seem to get it all together, and my family's got this going on, and I couldn't possibly make it to church Sunday, all this is going on, and we're broken, I've been able to pay, months and, pay bills in three months, and I've been sick, I've had the flu for six months now, and all this stuff's going on, it's like, yeah, but if you were <laughs> with Christ, all of that would vanish. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because then you would be unified with everything that he is and you wouldn't be standing alone on everything that just you are. Which because you apart I mean I, I have to go through this daily. I have to go through this daily because I'll have days and I'll get to two o'clock and I'm just like, Oh, Monday. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so weak. Oh, I'm so easily agitated. My kids are driving me crazy and all this stuff's going on. And I and then the Lord will just show me and he'll be like, Have you thought about, you know, braiding together with me? Have you thought about me and you becoming intertwined? Have you thought about drawing from my strength? Then we, and then I get alone and I get into my prayer and I get into opening up His Word and all of a sudden I can just, I can just feel it. All of a sudden, this is happening. Right? And then all of a sudden, all that goes away. Because I'm not, I'm not two. We're not two anymore. We're one. We're unified. You know, and that's, that's the, I mean, it's simple. It's so simple. It's insultingly simple. Look at John 5. Real quick, I'm just moving along. But John chapter 5, verse 19 says, This is Jesus talking. He says, 
I tell you the truth, Jesus explained, and some of you guys need to hear this today, just so you know that I'm not a liar. John 5, 19 says, So I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking, the Son can do nothing by himself. Wait, but Jesus, but Jesus was, have you, have you read the Bible? How he opened the blinded eyes and, oh man, he made the lame walk and he fed the 5,000. It was really probably more like 10,000 and he did it again. And Jesus could do anything. Hang on, hang on. 519, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He is doing. In fact, the Father will show how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. He, he's saying, I know you guys think that I'm all powerful and I've done all this cool stuff, but you got to understand, without the Father, I'm the same as you. I'm just this. What you see in me is because I'm in, I'm in God. Me and my Father are one. He said, what you see in me is the, the binding of me and the Holy Spirit. It's me and God. It's how we're in communion. That's the strength that you see in me. Even Jesus said that. And so as we try to take on our own lives and do all this stuff without Jesus, thinking that we're strong enough, or I've been going to church long enough, or I'm mighty enough that I can take on this world by myself, you have to know that Jesus couldn't. He said, apart from the Father, I can't do anything. Everything you see in me is because I'm in Him. We're, we're intertwined together. We're braided. That's why this rope that you see me using so much to pull people out of their sin is so strong is because it's not a single strand. It's me and the Father and the Holy Spirit and we're all together doing this. That's why I'm so strong. That's what Jesus is saying. But me alone, I can't do anything. But we've become so arrogant walking around here with our polished vases, thinking we can do all this great stuff as a single strand. And I can go days or even hours without prayer. Or I could go weeks without communion with God's people and worship. I start to think that this could actually do something. And then just like that, life happens and you snap and you break. And, you're, and all of a sudden that life's falling apart. And you're like, well, how did that happen? Because even at your strongest, you're still just a single strand. You'll never be any stronger than that. It's only through communion with the Holy Spirit. It's only with the binding of God that you get any stronger than Him. You get any stronger than, than yourself without Him. You know, and, and because what happens is when I get intertwined with Him, my, my identity gets lost in His. My failures disappear in His successes. My weaknesses are drowned out by His strength. Galatians 2.20, it says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in in me, right? Like, how can you... I know this is a little bit small. But, like, there's, there's, two, there's two little strings here, and they're intertwined together. And I, want, I know it's really small, so it's going to be really hard for you. But find, find the difference between the two of them in there. Like, you can't, is what I'm getting at. Like, they're intertwined together. There's no separation. So, right. Oh, yeah, you see it on here, too. Like, like this is you, and the Holy Spirit's in there, but point out which one's you and which one's God. You can't, because they're binded together. That's what I'm saying, is your identity gets lost in Christ. So, like, the devil tries to come to you and go, you're a failure, you're a loser, you're, 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 you're all these things, you're an adulterer, you're, and you're like, where? Show me where I'm those things. Sh show me in this where I'm even at. You can't. I'm caught up and lost in this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven and saved and full of the Holy Spirit and power and 
But I don't, I don't see these things. These, you know, like the, like, like Jesus said, "Where are your accusers?" When he's with the woman, you know, who's caught up in adultery, and all the rocks start falling everywhere. Jesus says, "Where are your accusers?" They're looking. They're going. I think there was something in there, but now they're all blinded and caught up with God, and there's all this love and power. And I don't even know how to find their faults anymore. Right? I can't even see where they're at anymore because He's taken over. His power becomes mine. His joy becomes mine. His peace becomes mine. His love becomes mine. You know, and it's and it's for that reason why it's really not that hard to tell who really does have a relationship with with Jesus because if they do, then they look like Him. It's too. It's insultingly simple, and maybe it's politically incorrect. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, you just look like Him. It's impossible for us not to, right? It's impossible for us not to. Like I don't have to. It's like being married to somebody. Like I don't really have to check your ring finger to see if you're married or not. Like, aren't you normally with that person? Like, don't you guys sleep in the same house? Like, don't you have the same stuff in the same place? Like, I should be able to figure it out without the ring, right? And it's the same way with us in Christ. If if we're truly in Him, we're going to look like Him, we're going to live with Him, we're going to be with Him, right? We're going to be unified in the Spirit. And so, when He tells us to do something, guess what? We're going to hear it. Isn't that cool? How could He tell me to do something and us be braided like this and me not hear it? Right? That's what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. You start living your life like this, you'll be walking around and God will just say things. Tell you to do things, to go places, to give to people, to sow into people, right? But, it, but all the struggles and the problems that you see people facing, and I hear this all the time. You guys know one of the, one of the greatest struggles as a pastor is to try to find the right place between supporting people and loving them and calling them stupid. <laughs> just being honest with you, I'm just letting you in on the confessions of a, this is confessions of a pastor. Because this is what, this is, and I'm just being brutally honest with you, more honest than I would, than I would be with you individually one-on-one, so just listen to this. <laughs> this is what I hear people say all the time. You ready? They'll, they'll go, I really feel like God's telling me to do this. Okay, I know that your relationship with God looks like this. How, do, how have you even heard him say anything? That's like me sitting in my house, and Jesse Caban sitting at his house, and me walking out the front door and saying, Jesse just told me to go to the store. Like, um, how? Like, there's no way you're close enough to hear him. And so my life as a pastor is telling people, oh, yeah, okay, God, God, so God told you, um, he told you not to come to church anymore? Because that didn't, I don't know, that really didn't line up. That didn't sound right to me. And this is kind of the way your life looks. God told you to quit your job or God told you to leave your husband or God told you to, Send all your money to Africa or what, whatever. Like, if your life looks like this, I, I'm not sure that I really know that God told you much of anything because you're a little too far away that you would actually hear what He said, or maybe you would be a little muffled, right? Like the telephone game, you know, like you know, you're kind of like that, or or you're telling, hey, you tell me this, and then them tell that, and then it gets passed all around the room, and at the end, it starts off with like I've got two pairs of shoes, and at the end of it, it's like I ride a duck to work, you know, it's like. <laughs> like what because we're not unified in the holy spirit when we live like this though god tells you to do stuff and you know it's him just as clearly as as colby and me are having a conversation so it's me and god but 
I just letting you in on confessions of a pastor. I'm not even sure that I had a point with that. But <laughs> I see that in people a lot. I see that in people that they're, they're thinking, what's that Holy Spirit? And they're trying to listen to God. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're never going to be able to hear him as you're just a single strand and, uh, strand and he's just a single strand. You know, I remember I was about seven years old and some things people say you never forget. And I remember my, my preacher, the one who led me to the Lord when I was seven years old. I remember he used to always do this thing and he would always say, here's God and here's you. And in your life, whenever there's difficulties and frustrations and stuff, you know, sometimes it feels like this is you guys. And, and he goes, but watch, let me show you something. He said, anytime you feel like there's this distance between you and God, he said, I can almost, always promise you, here's you, here's God. And he goes, who moved? You know, I remember he would always say that. He would go, here's you and God, who moved? Like, he, he, he's unchanging. He's always the same, you know. He's never going to go away from you. If there's distance between you, if there's separation between you, if there's a difficulty to hear him speak to you, he's not moved. You have. He's not unraveled the relationship between the two of you. You have. He's still there. He's still wanting to be intertwined with you. And, um, you know, it's, I'm, it's not just you that would benefit if you, were to, if you were to be braided with the Lord and you would have this strength it wouldn't just be you to benefit, because this is the truth of it is, is um, there's, I think I read something the other day, and it said every person that you see is uh, going through something. And I thought, no, it's incredibly true. You know, and you think about it, even walking around Walmart or the mall, especially this time of the year, Christmas, or even driving in your car and passing by other people, like literally every person you contact, they're going through something that you know nothing about. And in, this, and in this life, there's, there's people that are struggling and they're slipping or worse, that are drowning. And they really need a hand, right? Don't you encounter people all the time that could really use some help? Well, if you're not binding with the Holy Spirit, you're coming across these people who are knee deep uh, or knee deep or, or, or head, head over water, you know, drowning. And you're like, here you go. Grab on. And they're like, yeah, no thanks. Right? But this is what I see. People have the best intentions. People have the best intentions. Like, without the Holy Spirit, even, like, all of us have good in us. We're all made in God's image. We all have, you know, some goodness in us. People even that don't know Jesus, they see things, you know, hurting people. They want to help. And this is what they're doing. They're like, okay, here you go. Grab on. Grab on. Right? And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And now they're worse off than before. And so are you. You can't even help people without the Holy Spirit. You're not that strong. You're not that strong that you could actually help someone like this. You can't help anyone up out of the water with a single strand. I hope you didn't want this back. <laughs> you can't help anyone like this. This is what I feel too. Is it, I'm not just preaching you know, at you. Like, like This is even me. I've had a relationship with Jesus for a number of years. I've been preaching for a number of years. I still have times where I feel like I tried to help someone. I tried to give someone a drink from my cup, but I was dry. Right? I tried to give them a hand, grab hold of the rope, but I wasn't binded with the Holy Spirit, and they grabbed a hold of me, and it made them fall, and it broke me. Right? Haven't you guys ever felt that way? But if I could actually be binded, and I could be with God, then I could lend someone a hand. Then I could pray for them, and their sickness could go. Then I, could, then I could hold on to them. Then I could pray for them for their finances to change, and they would. You know, I, I could have just the right words to say to them. You know, sometimes there's, it's really hard to find the right words to say to people. 
And, and there are some people, if I'm just being honest, that never have the right words to say. Right? You guys know about those people? Right? And if I'm not binded, you know, with the Holy Spirit, and then I encounter this difficult situation, you know, what do you say to someone who's tragically lost their son? He's 14, 15 years old. What am I going to say to you? You know, like, ah, oh, it, it'll get better. You know, I mean, or, oh, he's in a better place. You know, is that really going to help them? Is that really, is that, just throw out that single little strand. If you want to help, yeah, here you go, here. No, I, there's been so many times that I've met people. A close friend of mine lost his mother, tragically. We went, we went to the visitation, and I've been thinking, like, what am I going to say, Lord? Give me some words. Give me something to say to him. And I, I, I met up with him at the, at the casket beside his mom, and I could not say one word. I just squeezed him for, like, I don't know, five minutes, like, tight. Like, we were sweating. Like, my <laughs> muscles were cramping. Man, we were just squeezing. You know, and, and I, I remember t- I talked to him another week or two later, and he said, man, there's so many people that came and saw me. And he said, but I'll never forget that hug. He said, that hug, that, that was from God. He said, something broke off of me in that hug. Something was released in that hug. You know, and, and, but when we're braided, sometimes it's not even the words that we say. It's just the actions that God leads us to. But me by myself as a single strand, I wasn't going to be able to do anything for him. You know, and so it's, it's, not, just, it's not just you who would benefit. It's the people around you. There's so many hurting, broken people around you. You know, your children, your parents, your neighbors, they need God, right? They don't need you. They don't need what you can do for them. You can't help them. You're too weak, you know? But they need God. And the way that God wants to reveal Himself to them is through you. And you're braiding with Him, your relationship with Him. And so when I pray and I meditate on His Word and I worship Him, it tightens us and it braids us and it makes us stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And my strength becomes His, His strength becomes mine. But there is a real adversary seeking to untie you from Jesus and from your spouse and and any other good thing that you're intentionally tied into in in, in the Lord. And if you're, not in, if you're not intentional daily about working on this knot, then this adversary will absolutely untie you. Absolutely do it. Because your flesh already doesn't want to be tied. What do they always say, right? When the guy's getting married or something like that, like, oh, you're going to be tied down. Oh, oh man, ball and chain, right? Like your flesh is like, oh, commitment. Like your flesh doesn't want to be tied down naturally without the devil's help. You already don't want to be intertwined. You want to be free. You want to, you, you want to be one of those. You want to be one of those things you see sitting outside the stores with the air floating through them. Like, like that's how you want to live your life, right? That's that's how your flesh does. But 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 there's no strength in that thing, right? You can just move it and twist it and push it all around, right? It needs some strength, and so your flesh already doesn't want to be tied up. But then. There's this real adversary. The devil's sole mission in your life is to untie you from being braided with the Holy Spirit. Like, that's it. Like, you think his mission is so difficult. Like, oh, the devil's really trying to mess with my marriage this week. No, he's not. He's trying to mess with your relationship with God. He's using your marriage. 
devil's really been getting into my finances. He's trying to get into your relationship with God. He doesn't care if you live in a big fancy home. The devil does not care about your square footage. Everybody thinks that the devil wants to make your life bad. He just doesn't want to make it with God. That's all there is to it. Matter of fact, when you're not with God, the devil will leave you alone and sometimes your life will flourish. Sometimes apart from God, your finances will go up. Because the devil is going to quit messing with you. Because all he cares about is that you don't look like this. Because you know what happens when you look like this? You can go tell him to jump in a lake and he'll do it. He does not want you to be like this. Because then you're more powerful than he is. And he hates it. He doesn't want you to have that braiding. He doesn't care about the little stuff. He just doesn't want you to be knotted with the Holy Spirit because then you're more powerful than He is. And, and, and you know, the thing about it is, is if we don't become braided with God, we'll eventually become braided with something else. No, no, one, no one's truly free. You might feel like you're free, but if you don't become braided with God, the devil will find something else to braid you to. And it'll be something that doesn't strengthen you. It'll be something that greatly restricts you. And if I could be so honest with you and not scare you, I have found that almost every person that I've ever met in my life is already tied in a knot with a spirit. It's just not always the Holy Spirit. Uh Every person that I ever met, meet no matter where I go, is binded and caught up and yoked together with something. Uh And it's not always God. And for some, it's addiction or lust or, or greed. But, but Jesus says to every person here this morning, he says, I want to untie you of that. I want to loosen that bondage. I want to take away that braid, and I want to tie you up in my love. I want to clothe you in my strength, my grace, my forgiveness. Let me unravel you from the junk that this world and Satan has tied you up in. And let me wrap you up like the Father does to his Son in my love. And let me clothe you in dignity and strength and honor. That's what the Word of God says. And um, one last story I want to talk about, and I'm just going to go through it real quick. But this all week long, I thought of Samson. All week long, I was thinking about Samson with this. And um, because, and this is, I'm not going to go there, but this story is in Judges 16. But um, said Samson had seven <coughs> braids, right? And we know that Samson was full of the Holy Spirit which is why he was able to do mighty things, right? People were so afraid of him. And why were they so afraid of him? Because he had great strength, right? And that his enemies were terrified of his strength that came from his braids, right? That signified and were symbolic of his relationship with the Lord. And remember, he was messing with Delilah, and he was even saying, oh yeah, you could just tie me up in anything. Tie me up in some rope, and I... That, yeah, I'll be just as weak as any other man. And remember, she does it, and they go through several things, and, but then wakes up in the morning and psh, busts right out of it, right? Because he's still, he was still braided, right? Because when you're braided with the Lord, there is nothing the enemy can tie you up in. Nothing. It didn't matter what Delilah tried to do because he still had his braids. He still had the Spirit of God. Nothing was able to bind him up. But finally he said, you know what? I've never had my hair cut. I never had it, I never had it shaved. Why don't you just, if you shave my head, I'd be just as weak as anyone else. And, and finally he does. And we know that the braid is broken, 
right? That signified that relationship that he had with the Lord and the Spirit of God that was on him. And he did lose every ounce of his strength, right? And that is us with God. As long as we are braided with the Lord, nothing can stop us. Nothing can tie us up. Okay, but if the braid is broken, then we will be too. You can write this down as the last thing I'm going to say to you, but your life will unravel when you are not braided with the Holy Spirit. And that is an absolute fact. And if you want to listen to me today and not have to go through a lot of hardship, I would encourage it. But if you want to try it for yourself, you're more than welcome to as well. Your life will unravel without the braiding of the Holy Spirit, just as Samson's did. Ultimately, Samson was crushed, right? Underneath a a weight that he couldn't hold on his own. And that's your life. And you think, well, I don't know. I don't know if I could really do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that 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 it would really crush me. I think I'm a little stronger than that. I think I could handle just going to my job and and going to the grocery store. No, no. They, they, this world's tough. Just the day to day operations are tough. Let alone if something truly tragic were to happen to you, something unforeseen were to happen to you. If you don't have the strength of the Lord that comes from the braiding of His Holy Spirit, then you will be broken. But the Lord says to you today, I want, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have a marriage with you. I want what is mine to be yours. And I want what is yours to be mine. And he says, anyone who wants that can come to me freely and I will give it to them. If they just, if they just